Hi, we are Kim and Sherry Babcock, and we are privileged to be the national directors of Kings Castle Argentina, a ministry that God is using in a mighty way to impact this nation and other parts of the world. We have 10 staff members that we pour ourselves into, and they in turn train the groups of teenagers. And they are seeing so many awesome things happen during those training weekends. Estoy trabajando en la zona de misiones de Argentina, y allí hay una chica que su nombre es Blanca, ella tenía una enfermedad de nacimiento, sus tendones eran más cortos y a partir de la capacitación ella pudo ser sanada cuando su equipo oró por ella y recibió su sanidad y pudo hacer coreografías y danzar todo el fin de semana. One of the strong points of this ministry, we believe that God wants to use this generation now at this age, between 12 and 18 years old. Many of these kids are learning how to develop their spiritual gifts. We are seeing kids develop in the word of knowledge, in words of wisdom. As they wait on God, God gives them clues of people that they are to reach out on the street, in their schools. I wanted to share with you during a reunion in Castillo del Rey, not only the adolescents, fueron recibiendo sanidades, sino de que también ellos comenzaron a orar por otros chicos y ellos comenzaron a ser sanados. Y creo que el Espíritu Santo en este tiempo no solamente quiere usar a gente reconocida, sino también adolescentes, niños, y también lo puede, te puede usar a vos. Muchos de nuestros adolescentes han crecido en hogares completamente destruidos, muchos con la ausencia de los padres, de ambos o de uno. Muchos han crecido siendo víctimas de tanto abuso sexual como físico y verbal. Y Dios nos ha dado la oportunidad de ministrar a esta generación, a ministrar a sus corazones. Y sabemos que estamos levantando una generación de líderes que son tanto como padres y así como hermanos mayores de esta generación huérfana. It is worth it. What God is doing in this country, it is worth being in missions. It is worth supporting missions. We thank you for standing behind us. We are seeing this generation in Argentina impacted for the cause of Jesus. Thank you, faithful churches. You have kept us on the field, and we are so appreciative. Thank you for your prayers, for your financial support, for sending teams, for those one-time gifts that help us finish our projects. Thank you so much. Your faithful support has allowed God to raise up in this country 120 teams, which reached over 80,000 people in 2012, and we had over 20,000 decisions for Jesus. It has paid off all that you have invested in this ministry. Thank you so much, churches that have stood behind us and prayed for us. God bless you. You know, Jesus couldn't open the door and leave the house without something miraculous happening. And that is our inheritance. And that is what we teach our teenagers. We say, when you go out... You are going with the living God, and anything can happen. Expect it. And so they go, and they hand out tracts, and there were three kids, and they handed out tracts to this um, uh, homeless man, and he looks at it, and he goes, well, thank you, but I can't read it. And they said, well, why not? And he said, because my eyes don't work. They don't focus. Oh, sure. They prayed for him. They handed it back to him, and he read the whole thing from top to bottom. Suddenly, he was interested in this Jesus they were talking about because he realized that Jesus was interested in him. So these three 12-year-olds, do we have any 12-year-olds in here? There we go. 
12-year-olds are powerful. You have the living God working in you. And how old are you? 15? 15-year-olds are powerful too. We've got stories about every one of your ages. Amazing. So these 12-year-old girls, there's three of them, it's hot. It would be like being in Orlando, Florida in July. Okay? There's not a lot of people outside in the parks in the middle of the day. And that's where they were. They were looking for people to minister to because this was their solathon month and they, were, they wanted to minister to as many people face-to-face as possible and there just was nobody outside. So one of them has a great idea. She says, you know what? There's this old folks home right around the corner. I'll bet they'd let us go in. We can hug old people and tell them that Jesus loves them. So the other one goes, yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds like a plan. So they did. They went in there, knocked on the door. Yeah, sure, come on in. And there was a big room, and it was full of people, and they were just sitting, and it was hot, you know, and they had fans going on. And um, so they just started praying for, they started loving on people. So they went to the first lady, and um, I think we have, it's called, it says three 12-year-olds in the bottom. And they went to the first lady whose name was Josefa. And she's just a little gal, and she was sitting in a, in a wheelchair, and they called her La Paralitica. So, which means the paralyzed one. So I don't know if she really was or if she was just sitting there. I'm not sure. But she was in a wheelchair. And so they hugged her and they said, hey, can we pray for you? She says, okay. And here was their prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Love her. In the name of Jesus, walk. We just command you to walk in Jesus' name. And they looked at her and nothing happened. Let's pray again. So I prayed again. In the name of Jesus, walk in Jesus' name. Can you, can you? No, nothing was happening yet. Well, you know what? We love you. Jesus loves you. Let me give you another hug, and we're going to pray for some more people. Okay? You know what? You can never go wrong if you love people. If they, when you leave, whether you see something or not, you have left a fingerprint of God on them, and that is love. If they feel loved, you win. That's what we're called to do because the love of Jesus is the basis of all of the healing. It's the basis of everything. So they continued on, and they prayed for people, and they loved on them all the way. Every person, when they got to the last person in the room, Josefa began to holler, girls, get back here now. So they did. They went running back. What, what, what do you need? She said, I want to walk now. Okay. There was three of them. She's not that big. They pick her up. In the name of Jesus, walk. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Walk in Jesus' name. Well, all of a sudden, she pushes one of them away. And then she pushes another one away, and she walks by herself around the table, and then she takes a lap around the table. Now, they got happy. They got a lot happier than you got. I mean, they're like, woo! Because they had never seen God come to the old folks' home before. So they went running back to their church. They're so excited. And they said, Sergio, Sergio, guess what? That's their pastor's, who used to be on our staff, and, and he's now a pastor of this church. And they run back, and they said, God showed up at the old folks' home. It was so great. And they're telling about this, and some of the other teenagers gets a little jealous. They said, well, shoot, we want to see some of that. Well, now we know where to go. We'll go to the old folks' home, too. So the next week, there were more of them at the old folks' home. And that day, I got a picture of Fabiana. Fabiana prayed for two people, and both of them received their hearing. And Juan is one of them. That's why he's smiling so big. He's just as happy as can be. And another gal's name was Dahlia. Now, I just got a picture about a week ago of, of all these people in the old folks' home, and I recognized Daly, and I recognized some of the castle kids. And there was another lady there, and I said, well, who's she, and what happened to her? 
So they got back to me and they said, well, she was the one that wouldn't let anybody pray for her. She didn't want anything to do with it for like three weeks. But the last time we came, she said, they said, she was at the door. And when we walked in, she said, guess what? I received Jesus this week. And, and I, feel, I feel brand new like I was, like I was born all over again. God is so good. She had no idea that that was John 3 that she was saying. She was just trying to explain something that happened inside of her that had totally changed her world. We're going to, we want to really just, um, what's the word, challenge you. I get my Spanish mixed up every once in a while, and so if it comes out crazy, it's just because of that. But we want to challenge you to take risks. Because you know what? (coughs) Risk is God's love language. Because what does risk mean? Risk means I care more about what God thinks about me than what everybody else thinks about me. And we talk about crossing a chicken line. And one pastor said, what's that, a line of chickens? No, that's that line that when you're on this side, you look really normal. You look like everybody else. But as soon as you cross that line, that's that's when you say, can I pray for you? I just really feel like God wants to do something in your life. Or that's when you say, you know what? I dreamed about you last night, and this is what happened, and this is what was going on. Or it might even be, you know what? Did you dream last night? Because I don't know. I just felt like the Lord told me this. Okay? And when you do that, when you, you know, you see somebody, and all of a sudden your heart just goes out to them. And, and Kim's going to tell you a story about crossing the chicken line just this week. Is Sherry a good storyteller? She's amazing, isn't she? <laughs> and they're all true, by the way. Those, those are not uh, phony stories there. Just open your Bibles really quick. I want to share the scripture verse. So many people say, well, why don't we see more miraculous things in America? You know, I think part of the things when we talk about the supernatural in a church in America, open your Bibles to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 18. I told you to open your Bibles, but I didn't tell you where. Um, when we talk about the supernatural in America, a lot of us have these interpretations, these these bad things that are kind of stuck in our heads. You know, it's somebody on television saying, send me $100 and you get a miracle. We're not talking about that. We're talking about authentic walking with Jesus, really just living for Jesus, that this would naturally flow out of our lives. Do you guys believe that? I mean, I want something real. I don't want anything fake. I want, I want something that really is going to change people's lives. It's going to make an impact on a lost world. In Matthew chapter 18, I'm going to make a statement before I read this, and that is, Maybe the reason we don't see more miracles in America is because we have too many adults in the church. That sounds terrible. I don't mean, I don't mean that you should not, not be here. I mean, maybe you need to become more childlike in your faith. You see, yeah, listen to this, what it says in the Word. It says, uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 3 says, Assuredly, I say unto you, this is the words of Jesus, unless you be converted and become as little children. It does, doesn't say become as little children and be converted. Be, be converted and become as little children. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What is there about kids? I mean, kids, Sherry's talking about talk, crossing the chicken line. It's amazing to see what kids do. You ever see a little kid, like a three- or four-year-old or five- or six-year-old kid, and they're climbing a tree, and they feel like they're invincible? You're like, you're standing there, and you're going, Lord, I hope they don't fall off. I hope they don't fall off that thing. Or, or you take your little kid, and you throw him up in the air, and you catch him. 
How many adults, you know, if there was a strong enough adult to throw another adult up in here, we would not let that happen. <laughs> no, no way, I'm not taking that risk. I don't trust you to catch me. But the little kid, they're like, they're like laughing usually. There's some kids, that, little kids that don't like that. But usually they're like laughing and like celebrating. That's what we're talking about, crossing the chicken line. When the Lord says to you, go and do this. So the story show he's talking about, I mean, we have so many stories of our kids crossing, crossing the chicken line, these kids going into this geriatric home. And by the way, per, first of all, I want to say that's a miracle in Argentina that three 12-year-olds want to walk in a geriatric home. You see, I mean, most of the 12-year-olds that, that are in America, too, they would go like, oh, man, I don't want to go in that home. That, those homes smell, you know, they, they, all these stuff. They're the same way. They're exactly the same way. You know, it's like, they don't want to go in these places. But, but, but God, they really felt the love of God compelling them to go in. So anyways, uh, this week we, we had to run some errands, and we stop in this little store up by uh, Scottville, Michigan, and we walk in this little store, and I go in the, like, the cooler section of the store, and, and there's, a, there's a guy in there, and I was, just, I was just buying something, and I look, all of a sudden I just look up, and there's a guy in there, and he's kind of walking like this. He's walking like on his, the ball of his foot. And he cannot put pressure on the back of his foot. And when I, I want to tell you this. It's like, I don't think it takes like a great revelation from God, like an angel coming down or like, I just felt the Holy Spirit come over me. I didn't really feel anything. I just want you, to, I want you guys to know that. I was, like usually I'm, I'm as dense as, as everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm disconnected. I'm just on my, I'm on my mission to buy something or whatever, okay? But it's like I just walked up to this guy kind of naturally and said, really naturally, I said, hey, what happened to your foot? And, I mean, okay, this, this guy's a rough construction worker. You know, he's got a big chew of tobacco in his mouth. You know, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, yeah, he's got the, the steel-toed shoes on it. The leathers wore off the steels. You know, and everything, you know so I'm, I'm just giving you the picture of who this, who this guy is. And I don't think this guy's churched, you know, basically, is what I'm trying to say to you. I don't think, I don't think he's like the, the deacon in the church or something like that. Uh, although, nowadays, anything could happen. But uh, so, <laughs> so, so, so I walk up and go, what happened to you? He goes, man, I had this... I had a high lift come down on a part of my foot, and it crushed my heel. It crushed my entire heel. I'm not even supposed to be walking or trying to walk. I'm supposed to be on crutches right now. I'm a single father of a four-year-old son. And I'm not going to say his name because I, we're close enough in proximity. I don't think I should say this guy's name. And so I said, hey, man, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, go ahead. I mean, this guy's desperate because he doesn't want to be out of work, the whole thing. So I just come up to him, and I said, I prayed for him. I said, Lord, just show your love to this man. And Lord, just, I just ask you to, and I used his name, you know. I said, Lord, I just ask you to heal, heal that. Heal, put it all back together, reconstruct it, because you're the creator of all things. It was just a real simple prayer. Like, we don't need to, you know, burst out in tongues or something like that or, or, or yell at the person or, or start commanding things and freaking him out. You know, just, just praying it naturally out of our mouths, right? And so, and believing in Jesus. And so, we get... We got in line, we, get, we pay for our stuff, we get in the car, and Sherry goes, Sherry goes to me, just before I pulled out onto, onto the highway, she goes, it's too bad we don't see people get healed like we do in churches, like instantly, and, 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 and I go, man, you should have asked, I'm thinking, man, I should ask him if anything changed. So I back my car up, he's just coming out of the, the store, and he's standing by his car, and I come up to him, I call him by name, I said, hey, where... Where was your pain level at when you went in to get this checked out? He goes, well, I was at a nine when I went to the doctor because, I mean, I was in a lot of pain. He goes, I'm in a four. I'm at a four right now. That's what he said. I'm at a four right now. I said, okay, can I pray again for you? Just like that, you know. He says, sure. 
I mean, this guy, he wants to be better. He wants to be better. He doesn't know Jesus. Well, when we're standing in line checking out, he's talking about, this is what he's saying to me. Well, my aunt, she's the religious one of the family. You're like, she kind of takes care of that department. <laughs> she knows all the spiritual stuff. She's the one, you know, but, but you know, so she's got our whole entire family covered. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that sort of mentality. You guys know the mentality, right? And so, uh, so I, I, I prayed for him again. I said, well, is anything changing in your foot? You know, so he's got, I got a, he's kind of got a hold of my hand because, you know, I'm praying for him, right? So he starts stretching, he starts stretching his leg back, and I'm, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I'm just watching him. I'm like, well, whatever. And so then he comes up, and he puts his entire weight on his heel. I'm not telling him to do this because I don't want him to hurt himself. I mean, I'm not telling him, you know, try that out, have faith or anything like that. You know, tell him all, you know, try to manipulate him to do No, I'm just saying, is anything changing? And he goes, wow, that's amazing, he says. He said, it felt like somebody was driving nails up through the bottom of my foot before. He says, all I have is like a little itch in the bottom of my foot. He's putting full pressure. He says, I, the doctor told me, it just happened three days before I prayed for him. So this is only five days ago. This happened on Friday. I prayed for him. He says, and he says, well, the doctor told me I could not put pressure on that foot for eight weeks. I didn't tell him to put pressure on the foot. I just want you guys to know that. I didn't tell him to break, break his doctor's orders or anything like that. He goes, that is amazing. He goes, how can I get a hold of you? I go, well, here's my card. I said, I, am, I do not want anything from you. Because the, the, sometimes the worst thing we can do when we're trying to glorify the Lord is, 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 is say, you know, you come to my church. It's okay to invite them to church, but that's not the main thing. You want them to have an encounter with Jesus, right? So if they have an encounter with Jesus, then they can, the Lord can figure out where they're going to go to church, okay? <laughs> he, can, he can put that all together. So this guy, he go, I go, I don't want anything from you. He goes, no, I am going to send you. This is what he said to me. I am going to send you the x-ray from my doctor when I go back on my foot completely well. I'm thinking, here's a guy. You know, <laughs> you know, he's spitting out all of his tobacco in his cup as we're talking. You know, the, the whole thing, you know, I mean, I'm just giving you the whole picture. You know, that this is not, you know, the, you know, we're not having worship in the background. There's nothing going on. You know, there's nothing spiritual happening. But God is showing up, and I'm like, God, this is it. This is what we're born for. This is what you're born for. This isn't like just for Sherry and I. This is for all of you. You know, I mean, sometimes you say to people, you know, we need to go out and we're going to witness today for Jesus. You know, like we're doing an official witnessing time. You understand what I'm saying? But we just need to live for Jesus. Just, and that doesn't mean we're always going to feel spiritual. That's what I'm trying to say to you. And so our kids, this, this whole scripture right here of becoming like little children, just, I think that we have complicated the gospel so much. I actually preached this, this last week, just shared it last week, and I'm like, Lord, I think that this is actually, my, my, my sermons are actually having an effect on me. Wouldn't that be great? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I've got to pick it on all of us as preachers. You know, I, I'm like, Lord, this is amazing that, that kids kind of naturally step into things. You ever have your little kid... Yet you're in the store, there's some family secret or something, you know, or whatever, you know, I don't know. And they just, blah, they just tell, tell everybody, the whole wide world, right there. It's kind of, the Lord wants us to be that way about him. That when God speaks to us, when God talks to us, that we are just so free-hearted and open. And I can tell you something. I'm going to tell a quick story. I'm going to give the mic back to Sherry. We give each other permission to interrupt each other, so we've got to go back and forth there. But 
We, we, one of our great heroes in the faith is, is a guy by the name of Ralph Hyatt. And just real quickly, this guy is 81 years old, and he's still a kid. He served 39 years in Argentina. Now you go, who is this, who is this guy? Well, he's just a simple guy you would never hear about. You know, he never wrote a book. He's an amazing communicator, 81 years old. He's been retired for so many years, but he parks a car at our ministry center. He's on our cell phone plan, all this stuff. So he comes back in the country. He'll be back in the country for 30 days, you know, preach 35 times. I'm, I'm serious. This guy's an amazing, amazing man. But this guy, he's a ventriloquist. He does all, he plays the Hawaiian guitar. Whoever plays the Hawaiian guitar, he does all, the, all this stuff. And amazingly, in this simple message that he preaches, he is preaching down in La Boca. La Boca is where a bunch of professional soccer players have come out in, in Argentina. Anyways, how many in, in the room here have heard of Lionel Messi? Oh, yeah, come on, soccer fans. Who hasn't heard of Messi, right? Okay. All right, Maradona. All these, all these great guys that have come up. Well, Messi's much better than Maradona ever was. But anyways, so he's down there preaching several years ago. These teenagers are coming over. He has this little tent he has set up. They're throwing rocks at his tent. You know, they're, just, they're just tearing it up for him. And, and, uh, and what's amazing is that Uncle Ralph, he has this ability to see beyond who you are on the outside because he's a kid at heart, and he has faith that God can change your life. And two guys came that were throwing rocks, two of the biggest hecklers. Today, pastor the two largest Assembly of God churches in Argentina. They were throwing stones at him 30 years ago. One of them pastors a church of over 25,000, the other a church of over 28,000 people. Nobody has ever heard of Ralph Hyatt. They've heard of the other names because they're famous people. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is God's just looking for servants. You may never be in a pulpit or anything else, but God's looking for servants that will just will be willing to cross the line and say, I'll take a risk. I'll believe, I'll believe that God wants to change the worst kid in the city. I'll believe that God wants to save the worst, you know, the drug dealers and all the other people. Sherry and I, we are seeing this happen. We're seeing this happen. We're seeing God just begin to touch. And we, we I mean, listen, guys, I don't want you to think that it's all just, we buried kids. We've been to funerals. We've had kids get in accidents on mission trips. Had to go to their, see them put in the ground. And see kids standing around their, their casket and saying, we're going to carry the torch. So, I mean, this is a serious battle we're in for this generation. But it's totally worth fighting. And we are fighting in this battle. And God is doing victorious and awesome things. He's touching lives. He's touching young lives. He's shaping young lives. I was telling Pastor Ben, and I'm going to give this back to you, Sherry. Come on up. Come on up. Pastor Ben in there, and just in his office that we really believe God wants to impact the nations. We have, a, we have a, a young couple in northern Africa in a restricted country that are, that are working, with, uh, they're working with, with kids, doing soccer camps and stuff like that. We have another young lady going into a restricted country in, in February. And so we believe that the Lord is raising up the Argentines to go into places we could never go into. And they're going to carry the gospel. They're going to carry it in power and authority. So we, do, we just love you guys. We thank you for standing with us. It's, it's amazing to partner with you guys because all this fruit that we're seeing, it's all your fruit too. It's all your fruit too. What we're seeing is because you guys have helped enable us to be on the field.
Crossing the chicken line can look different for different people. Just because it may look one thing, it may, for you, it may, you may be crossing the chicken line just handing a tract to somebody. We had a gal named Damaris, and um, she's, she's an amazing girl. And she was standing at the train station. One of the things we teach our teenagers is that they can hear God. If you know Jesus, you can hear God. That's what John, the, the book of John tells us. It says, my sheep will know my voice. So if you say, well, I can't hear God. No, that's a lie. That's the devil's taught you something that's not true. You can hear God. So we teach our kids that, and then they believe us, and they listen, and God talks to them. Well, she has learned how to hear God. And one day she was standing at the train station. She's waiting for the train, and she notices that there's a, a young man, a goth, that's sitting, across, uh, sitting against the train station. You all know what a goth is? It's a person that wears black. Um, it's like a culture of death. And the, the gals wear, like, white powder on their face, and they'll have black um, makeup on, black fingernail polish, and everything, black clothes. It's just, and they, they just really celebrate death. They listen to heavy metal music, just anything that has to do with death. And uh, <clears throat> so she sees this goth over there, and, and he's listening to his music. And just then she heard the Holy Spirit, and he said, Damaris, give him one of those tracks in your pocket. And her first response was, he doesn't want one. Because <laughs> she knew there was a real good chance that she was going to get rejected. And he did not look like he was interested. He was in his own world, listened to his own music, and she heard him again. Damaris, give him one of those tracks that are in your pocket. <sighs> so she did. She knows. If the Lord talks, you do it. So she walked over to him, and she was just about ready to tap him on the shoulder, and she heard the train whistle. Now, the train whistle means you have, it's, it's coming in, you have like 45 seconds. By the time you hear that whistle, it'll stop, you get on, boom, you're up, you go. So she knows she doesn't have much time. So she taps him on the shoulder, and he looks at her, pulls his earbuds out, and she hands him a tract, and she says, take this. God told me to give you this. Go to the first church that you see. Go in and ask him how to find God. And then she jumps on the, yeah, hit and run. You know, it just... You do what you got to do. She jumps on the train. She's gone. We live in a city of about 16 million people. Any of you that are good at math know that the statistics of finding out what happened to that particular kid is very, very small. But we have a very big God. One month later, she got a call from another castle girl in another church. And she, she called her and she said, Damaris. Remember that goth that you told me about that you gave a tract to? Yeah. Damaris, he's in my youth group. What? She said, how do you know? She said, well, last, yesterday, last night, a kid came up to me, and I had my castle shirt on, and he said, you know what? There was a girl that looks just like you, and she handed me a tract when I was at a train station. And he said, I was just sitting there listening to my music, and this girl comes up, taps me on the shoulder, hands me a tract, and says, go to the first church you see, walk in and ask them how to find God. So I did. Listen to that. So I did. Who would have guessed? And it happened to be an Assembly of God church. Now, is that, is that a pastor's dream or not? Some kid opened up, excuse me, but can someone tell me how to find God? <laughs> sure. So they introduced him to Jesus. And Jesus filled that pain in his heart. And they said, you know what? We have a great group of youth, and they would love to have you be a part. Come tomorrow night. 
So he did, and the youth reached out to him, pulled him in, and they didn't even know he was a goth because by that time he didn't have that pain that he was trying to mask anymore. So he looked like just anybody else. So when he joined the youth group, no one had a clue where he had come from. And it was a month later when they finally found out his story. Isn't God good? You never know what happens when you cross that chicken line. You may look like, like you were rejected. You may look like nothing happened. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is on the other side of that chicken line. In more power, I believe, than even on your side. Because you have just opened the door to his power for him to fulfill his desires for your life and for the life of that person. Okay, so 15-year-old Alejandra, I told you I had a story about a 15-year-old. She's, um, she had just learned how to hear God. We had spent the morning listening to God. So that afternoon, we are getting ready to go to a place that none of us have ever gone to, on a plaza across town to help a church plant. And so we're going to go evangelize in this plaza. There's about 40-some kids with blue shirts on this time, and it was with our summit. So we had kids from all over Argentina. And um, so we took them over there. Well, just before we went, we said, well, let's pray for the people that we're going to be ministering to. And so different kids prayed out. Well, Alejandra said, Lord, I can hear you. So you tell me who I'm supposed to minister to at that plaza. She got real quiet, and she saw a picture. A lot of times the Lord will give you pictures. He might give you words. He might give you pictures. He might give you names. But he will talk to you. So he gave her a picture. And she saw a young man sitting on a park bench with, like, three other guys around him. So she knew who she was looking for. So she got to that plaza. You know, we open up the bus. Everybody kind of invades the plaza. And some of the kids start doing a, a... uh, human video and other ones are are handing out tracks and she's looking around and she sees the guy that she saw the picture of in her mind and so she grabbed one of the one of the castle boys and said come with me and he said okay so he walked over to this guy and and she introduced her he says hi I'm Alejandra I'm from Mendoza which is like 16 hours away so and this is Nico and he's from somewhere else and well the kid was just you know he wasn't impressed he was cool and if you're cool you are not impressed Okay, remember that. So he's just sitting there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, out of this 15-year-old's mouth came the words, Sergio, why did you leave the church? How do you know I'm Sergio? How did you know I left the church? She's thinking, I don't have a clue. Because, you know, when she crossed that chicken line, the Holy Spirit gave her words to say, and when she said them, that was the key to unlocking his heart. And she said, well, well, actually, I didn't know, but, but God knew. And God wants you back. Immediately, she had his attention. He wasn't the cool kid anymore. He was just a scared, vulnerable kid with great big eyes that knew that God was after him. It was a good thing. He knew that God was looking for him. So a year later, Alejandra goes to, on a missions trip, and they're going to go to a girl's home. And before they get there, they begin to pray for the girls in the home. And again, she says, Lord, who do you want me to minister to? And the Lord gave her the name of Marinela, okay, and gave her a few things of encouragement to tell Marinela. So they get to the girls' home, and they walk in, and the castle leader, Alejandra had shared that with the castle leader, that she's looking for a Marinela. And so the castle leader says to the director of the girls' home, excuse me, but is there a Marinela here? And the director said, no, just like that. Okay. 
she thought, I don't know what I did, but I don't think, you know, that wasn't a good thing. So she never brought it up again. They begin to have a presentation. So the, the kids are doing dramas, and they're doing videos, and they're human videos, and they're doing, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just comes in and begins to work in these kids, in these girls that are watching this. These girls have been abused. They've been abandoned, you know, so, and they're watching the Lord, you know, talk to them through these videos and or the, through all that stuff going on. And all of a sudden, the director is watching too. And the Lord begins to just soften her heart. And she went back to the castle leader and she said, excuse me, but why did you ask me about Marianela? She said, well, see that girl right there, that one? And she points her out. She said, she was, she was listening to God last night and God gave her the name of Marianela and gave her some things to tell her. So we just thought she was here. And the director says, listen, she is here, but nobody is supposed to know. She was kidnapped a few weeks ago, and she escaped, and her predators are still after her. But since God told her, I will let her come into this private room where we have Marianela. Because, see, Marianela wasn't allowed to watch this. She could not be seen. Even the police could not know where Marianela was, especially the police, because many times they were involved in this mess. And so she was back in an area, and she wasn't allowed to be a part of this. But you know what that did for Marianela? When she found out that God of heaven knew she, where she was, and, she, and he wanted her also to be a part of this. He wanted her to know that he knew where she was, and that he wanted to minister to her heart. And so he sent this gal from another province to come and minister to her, a specific word of the Lord to her. That's what 15- and 16-year-olds can do let me tell you, let me tell you, anyone that is willing to listen to God can have these kinds of adventures. God has adventures for every one of you. It is not a mistake that you were born when you were born. It is not a mistake that you are where you are. You were not born in the 1300s for a reason, because God has a reason for you to be born now. In fact, when you were born, God looked at you and said, finally, she's here. Let the adventures begin. I believe that with all my heart, that he said that about every one of you. So let's not rob him of his excitement about our lives. Let's get in the flow. Let's say, okay, God, I'm here and I'm willing. I'm willing. Whatever. I love you enough to cross that line. I want to touch somebody's heart. I want to bless your heart, God. And you know what? Every time you touch someone with the love of God, you win and he wins. And you say, well, what if nothing happens? What if it does? <laughs> Melissa, we'll go back to Melissa, the gal that was on our video. She, um, you know, we tell people, you cross that chicken line, and every time you do, heaven gets happy. And so do we, because that means you dared to obey the Lord. And so I remember one time, we had a group of kids coming in, and so we were listening to God, and they were writing down things that they felt like God was telling them, and then we were going out into evangelism and looking for them. And, uh, oh, we had so many cool stories come back from that particular time. And she comes in, and she says, I failed nine times. And we all went, woo, yes, good job. You crossed that line nine times. And a month later, she went up to Misiones, which is a, a province way north of where we live, about 12 hours north. 
And she had about 30 kids that she was in charge of to teach them these dramas and the things. And, and they had times of ministry as well. And when they all came in, Blanca came in like this. This is how she had walked for 14 years. Because when she was a baby, she had a virus that attacked her body. And it actually attacked the tendons in the back of her leg. So as her body grew, the tendons did not. When she was nine months old, she finally got rid of the virus, but by then the damage was permanent, and so this is how she was walking. And so, you know, you can't dance that way. It's really hard, I mean, to even walk. So she had come in like that, and the compassion of the Lord hit Melissa. And it's okay to cross the chicken line. She knew that. It's okay to try something, you know, if you feel like it's God. And she said to the kids, Do you, how many of you think that God would like to heal Blanca? How many of you think that God would like to see her be able to walk straight? Well, they all thought that was a good idea. So come on, Blanca, come up. And she had all the kids stand around him, and they prayed for her, and before their eyes, her tendons lengthened. And she began to jump into dance, and she didn't stop that whole weekend. I mean, it was amazing. For 14 years, she hadn't been able to do those things. But you know what? Melissa found out that crossing the chicken line was okay. And instead of listening to the devil say, you failed nine times. She heard God say, cross it again. Thank God she did. Blanca's glad. She's very glad. And there's people waiting for you too, guys. I need to wrap up here really quickly so we can do some other things that God wants to do this morning. Um, we shared with you a lot of miracles. Of course, the greatest miracles when people come to Jesus, you know, and seeing people come to Jesus and, and seeing kids baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, Sherry doesn't even know this testimony yet, but Karen just uh, sent us out a Facebook. Have you read that one yet? Um, in the last, in just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen another 300 kids be trained and come in the ministry in different parts of the country, which has just been really amazing. But Karen, she shared a story with me about a 14-year-old girl that they administered to in Mendoza, which is over by the Andes Mountains. And she said, uh, Kim, this girl, uh, her dad was murdered when she was three years old. So she, and they were, they were kind of raised in a drug culture. And uh, yeah, this is Karen. She's a great minister of the Lord, just loves the Lord. This is her last year with us, and she's heading back to her, her home city. But anyways, and, and then when she, a little while, I don't know, several years later, her 10-year-old brother was also killed. They live in a really, really rough area. And so this 14-year-old girl, just she needed to be delivered, and God's setting her free. It's all about individual lives, being touched and transformed by the power of the Lord. And then this capacitation, this training weekend that they did, this girl was set free from the fears and the, and, the, and the bondage, you can imagine, you know, having two members of your family. No, maybe you can't. Two members of your family murdered. And, and what kind of a, 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 just how that would make you feel. And the Lord redeeming that terrible situation. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, just tons of stuff. We, we deal with some pretty major cases. Um, I want to end with this. And Sherry, why don't you come up? Okay, yeah, okay. Just, I want to just end with this story real quickly because I know we've got to get you guys out of here. Mauro is a kid who's in the ministry. I have a picture of him. And last July 2nd, just real quickly, last July 2nd, he had a house fire. And there were seven members of the family. Five of them perished in the, in the fire. And Sherry and I went into the intensive care unit, and we found him. Uh, we have a picture of him on, on there. And, and he's just, he was like 
this when we found him. We could only touch the top of his head or the back of his hand. And his 13-year-old sister and him survived the fire. Uh, the, the great part of the story is this, that because of Mauro coming to the Lord through the ministry, his backslidden dad and mom all came back to Jesus. So they all knew Jesus before they died last year. And uh, this, the Lord redeemed this kid so much. I, we, we'd go in the hospital, and Sherry would encourage him so many times, that we'd try to encourage him. But this kid, so many times I walk out of the hospital feeling like my faith was strengthened from spending time with Mauro. This kid has a call of God in his life. Um, there's another picture of Mauro. Um, three months later, Mauro left the hospital. The doctor said it would take anybody else nine months to recover as quick as, he, as quick as this kid recovered in three months. And this is after losing dad and mom, you know, his support group. And God really has touched this kid. And so the essence of what God's doing in Argentina and really what he wants to do in the States, it's all about individuals being touched by the power of God, and there's no case too hard. So Sherry, come up um, real quickly. We're going to read this. Last week, we were in um, West Branch, but we saw a little five-year-old girl who had severe hearing loss in one ear and moderate in the other. She had two hearing aids, and the Lord instantly healed her in that meeting, and she got her hearing back. How do I know that? Because she, was, she could stand over here looking away from Sherry. Sherry could, and I was stood beside this little girl. Sherry could, re- and there's music playing and everything. You know, there's all sorts of racket happening. Sherry could repeat numbers, and this girl could repeat every number that she said, just, you know, just, just with no microphone, just repeating numbers in a normal voice. And I go, God, that's amazing. That's amazing. We see, we're, we're amazed by this stuff, too. It's not because we're anything. It's because Jesus is awesome. And he wants to, he wants to actually do that in your life. You know what I mean? Not just heal you, but use you to heal others. Uh, just real quickly, um, as we're riding down here this morning, we asked the Lord, Lord, give us a, a list of things so that this may be in second service, it may be in this service, it may be somebody you know. And you can say, we don't know anything about this, but these crazy people came to our church and they told us this list of things and this, we, we, you're, you're, you were on it. Somebody's having nightmares and um, it may be, this may be a child um, and the Lord really wants to set them free from those nightmares, like a lot of fear attacks in the night. It may be an adult, I'm not sure. The other thing is asthma. Um, we've seen the Lord heal lots of people with asthma, and Sherry got the, the name with asthma, David. So, We're reading these, and um, afterwards we're going to go ahead and let Pastor take, a, take an offering so you can be thinking about, you know, I really do need to go up and get prayed for because sometimes people are shy, but God wants to heal. Um, stress-related, we have, there's two things, stress-related headaches and TMJ, wrong with the jaw. And so we believe the Lord wants to set you free from a lot of stress things here. Um, hearing, we just really believe the Lord wants to continue working with the hearing. Uh, a broken heart, Lord says someone here had a broken heart, and he wants to begin to put that back together for you. Um, yeah, feet and arches. Um, somebody's having a lot of problem with pain in your, in your arches. I think it's because you have a problem with your arches. Uh, also, rotary cuffs, uh, just not too far from here. We saw a little 8-year-old pray for a guy that had a severe problem on the rotary cuff in his right arm. And this little 8-year-old just prayed for him. And he, he said, oh, yeah, the pain started to go away. So he prayed for him again. And this guy literally just threw his arm up and just flipping his arm around, totally set free from, from this problem with his, and, the, and healed the problem with his rotary cuff. You know, why do you guys look at me like, is this stuff real? 
I mean, the dude in the market was like, hey, this is real. This is, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just uh, communicating wrongly. No, <laughs> someone needs to forgive themselves. God, is, God has already forgiven you. It's for something very traumatic that happened in your life. We don't want to embarrass you, neither does the Lord, uh, but he wants to really heal your heart in that area of forgiveness in your life. And uh, And lips. We got the word lips, which, you know, we try to figure this stuff out, and usually we don't figure it out right, but that will minister to somebody, or maybe someone has a problem with their lip that they need healed. So... Yeah, you guys, sometimes this, this stuff seems so crazy to me, like it's off my chart, because I can be analytical. And, but what's amazing is this why, what God is trying to break through in my own heart is like just to become more like a kid and trust him. And so like things that sometimes seem like, oh, Lord, that's so, that's so stupid. <laughs> the Lord knows, and he goes, no, that is not stupid. That really applies to somebody's life. Just be willing to say it and watch me work.